for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep, even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to the Scott Fishbowl 13 DC Brow Personal League Podcast. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we are here to break down your league. Uh, but first up, we will meet the panel. Uh, first up, we got Mr. Zach Pulowski. He's a writer and podcaster for Going For Two, and you can follow him uh, at Behind the Zach on Twitter. And he is in the Geo. You got to say it, Zach. I can't say it. So I'm going to let you do it. Giordano's division. There you it's go. It's a deep dish Chicago style pizza. There the you Chicago go. Live Good stuff. And you are, this is your second year in the Scott Fishbowl, correct? Yep. Hoping for a better year than last year. You know, myself and a lot of other people thought I did really good in the draft last year, and it was a complete opposite. So I think that's a little <laughs> pointer for everyone tonight. You know, if we say one thing, I do the opposite. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, next up, we have Mr. J.J. Winner. He is the host of the Ride or Dynasty podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at J.J. Winner. And uh, how do we say we're going to say this? Marchuin? Mar Mar Instant ramen. <laughs> Instant ramen. There you go. Instant ramen. <laughs> Good stuff. And if you were in the Discord, you know this guy well. He posted uh, tons and tons of mock drafts. Uh, helped a lot of people out here with the mock drafts. Uh, Glad to have you on the show, man. And I think I gave your your Twitter. You can follow him at JJ Winner on Twitter. Uh, and this is your first year in the Scott Fishbowl, so congrats on that for sure. Thank you. I was excited to uh, get in this year and see what it was all about. Good stuff. And last but not least, Mr. Kyle Senra. He is the host of the Press Coverage Podcast and the Dynasty Gambit Podcast right here on the Going For Two Live Network. Uh, he's also a writer and ranker for Going For Two, and you can follow him at Senra Says. And his division is much easier to say. He is in the craft division, and this is his fourth year in the in the Scott Fishbowl. What's up, Kyle? Hey, Jeff, Zach, JJ. Awesome to do another PLP with you guys. JJ, first time you and I have done one together. So uh, welcome to the PLP team, and uh, I guess welcome everyone who's watching from this division, uh, the uh, DC Brow. See, I don't even know how to say that one right, so I'm bad with the names to you guys. You said it perfect. <laughs> All right, so tonight what we're going to do, like I mentioned, we're going to break down the teams. Uh, we're going to count them down uh, from 12 to 1. These guys all ranked your teams uh, from 12 to 1. We took a consensus ranking, and we'll count those down tonight. Uh, and I gave each one of these guys four teams to be the quote-unquote expert of. And when we get to that uh, team in the ranking, they will break it down. Uh, they'll kind of go through your draft. We'll bring up the draft board and kind of you know go through what, you, what they thought you did well, uh, what you th they thought you didn't do well, that kind of stuff. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to promo one last time our, our PLP uh, service here. Unfortunately, 2023, we've sold out every single PLP uh, that we could possibly do. However, we are doing a special right now. If you want to order for next year, uh, you just use our promo code EARLYBIRD24. Uh, visit goingfor2.com backslash PLP. 
uh, and it's it ends up being like seven bucks a person in a 12 man league. We'll do exactly what we're doing here. We do it for dynasty leagues as well. Um, you know, we give you trade advice. Obviously, there's no trade advice tonight, but typically we give you trade advice, you know, ways to improve your team, strengths, weaknesses, uh, complete breakdowns of your entire league, which, you know, during the months of, you know, February, March, April, when things are kind of slow, uh, it's a good thing to kind of get your, your league re- uh, revitalized and, and kind of talking about some stuff. All right. Y'all ready to jump into the well, to answer Calvin's question, I think everything we're doing from here on out will mostly be dynasty leagues, a couple of redraft. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think this is our only Scott Fishbowl. DLP. It is correct. Yeah, we've got. Uh, yeah, we've got. I think we have a um, an auction draft on the on the books as well. Uh, either auction or salary cap league that we've got to do in, in August as well. We have, I think, seven or eight to do in August. So good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and get into the countdown here. First team. Number 12. Number 12 team was ranked as high as nine and as low as 12. And it is Uncle Jesse. And Zach, this is your squad here. Go ahead and break it down. Uncle Jesse, I'm going to try and be nice here. You know, we have you at last. But, um, you know, this is a team where I look and say, what if? If everything goes right, there's definitely a case where this is the one that's going to finish first because it's such a weird and very... um, prolific team where it can be a wide range i don't like the range i think there's a lot of risk here um let's start up with 112 though i love trevor lawrence there i think that's great value in this format um i really like what lawrence will be able to give you in 2023 my concern was immediately after at the 201 with Tua. um a main concern there is especially given the fact that in the rest of this draft you never took a qb3 you took a qb2 that is very well known to have uh, injury issues we don't know if he can stay on the field the whole year. I like what he can do if he's on the field, but there's no promise with that in mind. And then to not touch the position again, I would have probably preferred to go somewhere else there at 201 and then come back for a different quarterback in a later round. But still, not terrible value there for Tua. Um, then coming back at, at that third round reversal, not I would say not a terrible value for Nick Chubb. Um, I don't, I don't hate the pick at all there. You know, I'm not the biggest Nick Chubb guy. Anyone else before I continue just thoughts on Nick Chubb here? Cause I'm not necessarily, so I, think I know in, he's a, he's I think a trusted in, guy, but I'm not yeah. as confident this year. I think in this format, he gets the, he gets the advantage of just the fact that he gets the workload. You know, he's getting yes. the yeah. 0.25 points per carry. You know, I think he had over 300 carries last year. So I think in, in this, in this sense, I think he gets a push for sure. And, I've got him at RB three. In terms of yeah, okay. projections yeah. here, so I, I do like him. Yeah, I think if it, and if you have him at RB three, I think this is absolutely a great value there because I, I believe he's RB six off the board. Which yeah, so if you've got him finishing any higher than that, then awesome. I do like the wide receiver stack of DK and Calvin. I think he got good value on them. My only concern is there's a lot of weapons on both of those teams, and so I don't necessarily see them as high reception guys. Maybe high yards or touchdowns, but. You know, I think the targets will be more distributed across multiple weapons. So don't necessarily love that when you get the the uh, points per catch and all that. Cam Akers, are you guys a believer? Um, I'm I'm not. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say on Cam. You know, I don't <laughs> need to get any more into it. I, no? I sold him on my Dynasty League. So, so that, okay. that's okay. where I'm at all with right. him. Anyone want to say anything nice about Cam before I, I, I drafted an extra share of him this year? So I, I'm probably the biggest Cam Akers believer here. Okay. Uh, I like him as the RB2 here, but it feels like one of these picks, whether between Ridley to Burks, one of those four picks probably should have been a quarterback. 
that's it's, that's where I think I'm with you, Zach, on the fact that they only have two. Sorry, Scott Simpson. I think it's the I think it's uh, nimble with numbers nimble that yeah. is this team. But uh, yeah, the fact that they only has the two QBs, I think it's I. It's funny. This team is ranked 12. I'm the only one who actually ranked them. So yeah, I mean, I reason. think there are because there is a, a realm where I like, like I said, there's a lot of what ifs where if enough things were to go right, I really like the upside of this team. I just think there's too many factors that need to go right in order for that to happen. Um, but in that same range where you're talking about those wide receivers, I think there's definitely a lot of upside there. There's just a lot of concern. Zayuik and Burks fit, fit the same mold of multiple tar- or multiple weapons there that are going to get fed. And it's just, it's kind of concerning where you can, you have these backgrounds of stuff you can rely on. Oh, they've done it before, but there's, oh, there's now there's D-Hop next to Burks and still a questionable QB room. Obviously, we have all the weapons in the 49ers, so what can I stay healthy and produce the same way? Just a lot of variables concerns me. And then just like QB, um, don't really understand the running back room, you know. I like Chubb at top, but it would have been nice to obviously secure the second one with the two running backs there. And Akers, I think you paid a lot for him relative to, you know, what we know him to be. And if he goes wrong, well, we're still waiting on Dalvin Cook, and you're going to really need a Shane to be in that RB1 role for Miami by that point. Um, otherwise, though, tight end, I like some of the flyers, but it's, again, it's a tight end premium league. I think it could have been a little bit more aggressive, and I never like depending on rookies. But that's all I got. Yeah, so a couple of things that I, I looked at with this team, you know, talking about the, the, the missing third quarterback, um, I know, obviously, when you're drafting, you don't know how the draft boards are going to fall and we're going to go back and look at it and critique it. So it makes it easier for us to sort of say, well, this what could have happened. Um, I would have taken I think the very next pick after Calvin Ridley is Jared Goff. I think I would have taken Goff over Ridley because looking at his receivers, you know, DK Metcalf is a receiver one. Brandon Ayuk, by all accounts, I'm a Niners fan. He's killing it in camp right now. Um, I think he had on one of the, the, the red zone drills today. He had four touchdowns and 10 snaps. Um, so he's crushing it. Even Debo Samuel came out and said that he's absolutely crushing it. So him as a receiver too looks really nice. And I'm a little bit higher on Burks than most. So if I had DK, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Burks as my re- receivers with Jared Goff there instead of Ridley, um, I think I would have liked this team a little bit more. Um, I did have him the highest of, of all of them only because I have Tua um, higher than most. Now the, the third quarterback thing still scares me, um, but I've come out on multiple podcasts and said that if, and it's a big if, if Tua stays healthy all season, uh, he will be in contention for MVP next year. And I, I really believe that. I think he can be that good. That offense is that good. He's got the weapons to do it. Um, he was, what, 8-0 last year when he was healthy and putting up monster numbers at that point before he, injuries kind of happened and they fell off. But um, I think he can definitely be in that in that conversation. So th- this team I like a little bit more than everybody else. I, I, I had him ranked at 9. Um, I'll go to you. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. I just want, there was another pick that surprised me as you were mentioning the Jared Goff one. Also in the seventh round when they took Ayuk, um, I, I really could have seen the opportunity to take a third QB there with Love, Young, Stafford, Stroud, Murray still on the board. But um, more surprisingly, at the 901, I'm surprised they didn't go Javante Williams there. Just based off, obviously, maybe not the immediate um, return. I mean, he's actually in camps, unlike what we're expecting but still i think that could have been more value in regards to what you need um definitely more risk and taking down this is but, not the uh, last time we'll talk about uh oh you said you say you said jameson williams 
Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Um, Javante. You Javante. said Javante. Javante. I'm sorry. Never mind. So, yeah. That's my mistake. You did say Javante. I, I missed it. Yeah. yeah, Javante. Yeah, so Jeff, the running to your back. point, where they took Goff, I think I would have gone for the stack. Take Metcalf and Geno Smith. That's going to invest in Metcalf as the wide receiver one. Ooh. Geno's probably going to have to have a good season to correlate. So That's a good back. point. Especially knowing you don't have to play Geno every week, too. You can, you'll play DK almost every week, but you can pick the matchups where you think that'll pay off with multiple touchdowns. Those are the weeks you play Geno, the rest of the week, or there's an injury. But yeah, I, th- I think I, I would have liked that better there instead of Ridley as well. I think that's, that's maybe the one pick. There's probably, especially for these earlier teams, there's probably a couple of those picks where, oh, yeah, I'd undo this one specifically. It gets tougher to do as we as rank we the teams through. higher, obviously. Yep. But yeah, I definitely have that team coming up on all right. But, uh, just to foreshadow a little bit that uh, bold take on Tua that was on the fantasy six pack show, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And uh, Mr. Joe Bond is in this league. I don't know if he's actually uh, in the chat or not, but oh. that's where I made that uh, <laughs> pronouncement. <laughs> well, there goes the foreshadowing is the shadows reveal. That was, uh, well, we'll get that later. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's get to T number 11. Number 11. Number 11's got a pretty big disparity in the rankings here. They went as high as six. Uh, and as low as 11. And uh, Kyle, this is your squad here. And it is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, PK uh, AU Warter. I don't know how you, if you I, wanna... I was going to say PK O Warter. There we go. We'll go with that, Kyle. You're, you're the teacher in this group. So <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean I'm the smartest one. Um... <laughs> it means you say a lot of names throughout your, your career. That's so, true, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um... So yeah, so looking at, uh, I actually kind of like their sleeper name better, Carnage uh, to 11, but uh, they picked from the 111, and they're at 11, so everything seemed to make sense here. A couple people ranked them specifically at 11. Um, and it's funny how the last team we talked about, QB, QB to start, this team, no QBs to start, but getting Jamar Chase and Mark Andrews. A big gamble, but I actually think that the gamble paid off there, getting Dak Prescott in the third, so got had you know, an elite wide receiver, an elite tight end, and in the tight end premium that makes Andrew super valuable. And then to get Prescott's good. Uh, and then Jared Goff, uh, two rounds later, as the QB2, we were talking him up. I think super important as well. Um, and I like Najee Harris, especially, again, the, the, the one thing in this format, the point per carry, the volume backs, and, and like the point per carry and the, rush, uh, the point per first down. I think that's, what, a, a tenth of a point for rushing first downs? Mm-hmm. But all, I think those things together... Being the volume backs just get bumped up. So a guy like Harris, I, I actually really love all five of the first picks. Uh, where I think it uh, goes off the wire is is round six. But uh, you know, quickly, I, everyone like the the top, the first five picks. There, any comments to make? Yeah, so I I definitely like the first five picks, and and I I'm with you. I like Najee Harris a lot, especially in a system like this, in this kind of league with the volume, because he will get the volume. We know that Tomlin is a is a one running back co- uh, coach. He likes to have one guy do it all. And I think Harris um, gets too much hate. I think he had a pretty decent season last year. If you, you know, consider that he was hurt for half of the season um, in the first half there, the second half of the season, he was the RB six RB seven. So uh, I think, I think Harris is fine. What about you, JJ? Any thoughts on this one? You know, I, I like Harris there. I love Prescott where you got him. Um, he really, in a lot of the mocks I saw, he wasn't making it that far. So I think that is great value. And I think when you look at these two quarterbacks compared to the first team we did, I would much rather have Prescott and Goff, I think, than Lawrence and Tua, where he took them. Right. I mean, I I don't know. The value, especially from that 12 slot, not to go back to that team, just wasn't there. 
for QB like on the turn. But I actually like what this guy did. Um, Andrews is a great choice there, uh, especially with getting an extra point per first down. That's huge, huge. For Mark Andrews. Huge. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Kyle, you want to continue down? You know, pick six. You said you weren't t- too much of a fan of. Well, and I think that's that turn uh, six seven. Or no, I guess it's not. Yeah, yeah, six eleven uh, seven two. Pittman and Godwin, and I think it does seem like the like all positions are boosted, but it seems like the position that's the least boosted is wide receiver. I felt could have maybe structured this a little differently. Uh, I guess it's really over the next five picks, kind of almost flipping concept they took and kind of putting on on its head. But uh, I guess just behind Harris, Isaiah Pacheco, Brian Robinson, then some you know committee or 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 backup running backs behind them. It's a little shaky. I think uh, you know at this six seven turn, I think the better option would have been to get the RB two on the team. I think knowing you have the safe option with Harris, I think the perfect pick there would have been Alvin Kamara. Get the really high upside player again. You know, a competition of three thousand three hundred teams. Uh, Kamara was probably a pretty good value, especially if he doesn't miss any games. But even if it's a minimal suspension, should have a lot of upside. The games he does play in, and I think you know this team did take a uh, take a shot on a suspended player later. But I felt like at that point the upside. I really didn't like it there, and I don't know that it, it is necessarily a high upside. It provides a stack. Jared Goff, and I guess by this point we could reveal a Jamison Williams at the eleventh round. But I think if you're going to get get the suspended player, potentially suspended player, I would have preferred to get Kamara, and then that way, you, know, you did you know, then I would have probably not wanted Jamison Williams and, and got another option. Maybe they really like the stack with Goff, but I, I just felt like a you know more stable running back right now because we don't know about Pacheco health wise. He's on the the PUP list. Don't really know about the Washington offense, what Brian Robinson's role is going to be. Um, and then, yeah, again, backup and committee backs behind them. Some upside guys I like, but yeah, I think that it just feels like you could have, you know, could have been easier to get wide receiver depth. I felt they got some actually good wide receivers really late in the draft, but it just felt like the, taking the two receivers on the 6 7 turn kind of forced it. You guys think? Yeah, so just talking about Pacheco and the reason why I avoided him and not only in the Scott Fishbowl, but in a lot of the leagues that I've drafted so far this year is you're taking a running back that does not catch passes from a team that throws more than any other team does. And to me, that limits his upside. The fact that he doesn't have any, you know, I think he had, what, 11 catches all of last year. You know, it's going to be McKinnon catching those passes. If Pacheco had any involvement whatsoever in the passing game, I'd like him a lot more. I do think the offense would be powerful. They'll score points, obviously. Um, so he has touchdown upside for sure. I would just have liked to see a little bit more, you know, f- you know, as far as pass catching type running backs. And you mentioned Alvin Kamara, who's, you know, obviously, you know, one of the pa- best pass catching running backs in the league. The Godwin, I don't I don't mind so much Godwin because I do think he's the he's the first town guy. You know, he's the, the you know, yeah. on third down. They're looking his way to get that first down. So he'll get those bonus points for sure. Um, and he'll be the one working in the middle of the field where Baker seems to do much of his his, his damage anyway. So, um, but I think you're right there with the Pittman Godwin. That's where, where things kind of you know get a little little weary. I prefer Godwin to Pittman. I think Pittman is the pick I would have changed in favor of Kamara. Just being tied to the rookie quarterback. I don't know. I think his upside's capped this year, especially for a rookie quarterback. We don't expect to be a, a high volume thrower. Um, Brian Robinson's not a pass catcher either, right? So I think that yeah, that just feels like. I mean, we expect Michael Pittman to be a pass catcher, but you know, getting the the extra high touchdown upside of Kamara, I think, that. 
Agreed. It would have solidified it. Any uh, uh, anything for the, the the later picks down there you want to talk about? Well, I kind of like really twelfth round on. I, I really like all the picks they made. So all those depth running backs, and I guess it's it's a lot of guys that don't catch passes either. Elijah Mitchell, Deontay Foreman, Kenneth Gainwell, Kareem Hunt. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, but I, I like all those guys as like secondary options. But it does feel like could you have taken one less guy there and gone with an extra receiver there if Mar had gone earlier, right? So it just would have been maybe flip again, flip that a little bit. Uh, third quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. Don't know how many starts you're going to get out of him. So I also think maybe, you know, if, if you had taken Kamar early instead of that, you know, four running backs and five picks, maybe that one of those picks can be spent on another quarterback. I guess, uh, you know, by the time Elijah Mitchell went, could have taken, I guess all of them, all of them are kind of gone. I guess actually, yeah, if in Jamison Williams, if, if that pick could have been the quarterback, is uh, Garoppolo, uh, Mac Jones was available. Hill's available. Like I think that would have been, you know, push the receivers down down another pick or two. You take Kamara earlier, and then yeah, you, you know, you can go wide receiver depth late because the picks around Brissett I really like. Jaden Reed, Isaiah Hodgins, those could be guys that draw a lot of targets on their team. So that seemed like a good range to take those depth wide receivers. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't have had to force it with Brissett there if you'd taken the QB earlier. And again, the suspended player in Williams, he pushed that forward for a higher upside guy in Kamara. So a few things. Oh, yeah, I guess I insulted uh, Jacoby Brissett in front of Jamie. <laughs> yes. All Sorry, right. Zach, you were going to say something. So. No, I just think, I think 1102 is good value for Jamison. I think I like the talent enough where I think after six games, I'm really excited about that value there, especially when I don't necessarily love their wide receiver room. But for me, the big turn was there, it looks like based off the rest of the draft or there's a few opportunities for this team to kind of either maintain the running back run or start the running back run. But instead, they chose to be the person to let the run happen, and then they had to pull the trigger from there. At least that's how the, that's the story their running back room tells me. After Najee, after those first few picks, it looks like they might have wanted this other guy, and then they waited too long, and now it's a, a Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, they wanted this guy, and now it's Brian Robinson. Um, and that's it's definitely a dangerous game to play, and that's where you... Really, uh, I think I would have liked this team a lot more if they would have started the runs and been more aggressive towards the, the high end of a player's ADP rather than taking the guy that fell. Did you like my theory of going running back at that 6-7 turn? Just um, it's, it was less so the 6-7. To me, it's that same thing with that Jav- like Javante at 902 where he took Cooks. I like the Cooks pick there, but I think it would have made more sense to take Javante or P. Ryan or James Cook Leal Herbert, any of those guys, rather than Brandon Cooks, they're just based off who he already at, had on his team. Um, I think he could have just done three or four rounds of taking those middle range running backs because I think he kind of went that zero RB approach for those first couple rounds. And at that point, I think you know that eight to twelve range is when you really want to be aggressive with the running backs. It's waiting too long, and then you're really just hoping they hoping one day get the opportunity. Yep, agreed. All right, let's get to team number 10. Number 10. Number 10 team is ranked as high as number 7 and ranked as low as number 11. And it's another name that I'm going to have a hard time figuring out what it's supposed to say, but looks like FJV Lobos. That's what we're going with with that one. So he actually picked at the two spot, and uh, this is your team. JJ, go ahead and take it away. Absolutely, Fernando Villalobos. That is a great name. Uh, 
Love your name. It's marvelous. Uh, yeah, he's unfortunately, in the chat, right? there he is. Yeah, he is in the chat. Sorry, buddy. Um, we're not very high on your team. I had you as the ninth best, but I think I was the most positive. Uh, <laughs> so let's just get to this. Your first four picks were pretty much chalk. Um, I, I thought you did well with all of those. You know, picking where you did, you had the option of going with, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Allen, or you could have pulled uh, the trigger on Kelsey. You didn't do any, um, sorry. So you took the quarterback with the highest rushing floor, which I thought is the correct choice where you were at. You know, and now that the holdout is over, you know, Barkley should be the solid running back one that you want him to be on your team. Uh, Richardson has upside. I'm a little nervous uh, about his floor because I don't think he has one. Um, and Ramondre should be a good RB2 for you, although I didn't really like the visit from Zeke yesterday. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that worries anybody else. Um, Touchdown upside could be a little bit capped if Zeke is there. Yeah, and, and those first downs, man, like that's really what we're looking for. And I don't know if Zeke is good for much else at this point of his career than getting that one or two yards that you need. So I'm a little bit nervous about Ramondre with that news. Um, I mean, going on from there, I D-Hop was a risky choice because you did that before he signed with Tennessee. So now you have a solid wide receiver. One, I mean, I'd be a little bit worried about that reach if you didn't immediately come around on that turn and get Keenan Allen. Uh, I think as those two guys, you might have switched where you take them. That would have made ADP happier. But <laughs> as one and two, wide receiver one and two, I, I think that's a good pairing. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I like it a lot. And, and uh, you know, especially because this is a redraft, you know, we got all these guys are older, but they're still producing at a high level. And they're both guys that get a ton of targets. Um, you know, Hopkins, not so much in a good offense, but we know Allen will be in a great offense, a great quarterback. He's been as consistent as they can come. So I, I love that that pick there for sure. Yeah, I definitely love the upside of veterans. Um, I always look in redraft leagues for guys who have done it before and who have done it in that place. It sort of makes me feel a little bit better going into the year. Now, you went and then got Pat Fryermuth as your tight end one. Uh, you paired him with Schultz. I love Muth. I worry a little bit about Schultz, and maybe he was more of a system tight end. So I'll be interesting to see if he can thrive in Houston, but only time is going to tell there. Now, this is the part of the draft, though, where I am not a big Marquise Brown guy. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, I don't pot a lot with you guys, so I might be walking into a hornet's nest, <laughs> but uh, I don't like Marquise Brown especially starting out where Kyler's going to be missing time. I don't know. Where are you guys at with Marquise? Well, I think Jeff said the key word with Hopkins and Keenan Allen. Marquise Brown's one of those guys that he just draws targets. I mean, when he was there with Mark Andrews, he was always the leading target on the Ravens. And I agree with you. The, one, the only thing I don't like about him is the QB situation. Yeah. I actually think he's a good value just because, again, just all the, the scores and especially a lot of, receiver projections are just kind of based on targets, right? We want the guys that see volume. 
uh, and, and Scott Fishbowl's no. pushing that to the extreme. But yeah, we just want volume. So I, I, I really like that pick. I actually, it's funny because to me, the tight ends, I'm actually I feel safer with Schultz than I do with Fryermuth because Schultz has far right. less competition. And I think CJ Stroud's better than Kenny Pickett. At least I hope so. At least certainly that the Texans hope so, because Pickett was pretty awful last year. Uh, so I actually have more faith in the, the Houston offense than I do in the Pittsburgh offense, especially because Schultz doesn't have to compete with Deontay. He doesn't have to compete with even Pickens or Allen Robinson. I mean, he's, he's still, he could still draw targets, you know, and, and it may be enough that it, I think it's really caps for I especially don't like taking tight ends in that range. I think the right after, like right after Goddard and Waller, to me, it should be a bit of a gap, but I think, some of the worst mistakes made in drafts and maybe that's less so in tight end premium leagues. But I think some of the worst mistakes that are made are just going way too early on that next tier of tight ends when, you know, I feel like I'd, I'd almost regret taking Frymuth early knowing I could have got Schultz so much later, frankly, personally. Yeah. So I'll, I'll yeah. chime in here on Hollywood Brown too. I, I actually do like him and, um, and I have him in a couple of leagues. I may even have him in the Scott Fishbowl. I know I was targeting him, I can't remember if I actually ended up getting him or not, but I, I do think he gets the targets and he was uh, a top, you know, a top seven receiver last year before D hop finally came back. Um, he was getting tons of targets. I like him better. If Colt McCoy is the starter, I know there's rumors that it's going to be the rookie quarterback. I don't like him quite as much with the rookie quarterback, um, but Colt McCoy, I think is a, is a good enough quarterback that he can target Marquise Brown on the outside. Uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to work, you know, the the tight ends and the, and the over the middle guys. And I think Marquise Brown's more of a, a intermediate target. Um, but I, I, I do like him. I, the biggest thing with him is his health. He hasn't been healthy in the last couple of years. So if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be fine in that offense. Yeah. And, you know, it it wouldn't be so bad for me if the guys who didn't come right after he took Marquise Brown, if I wasn't fans of them. Like, I like Lockett. I like Deontay Johnson. I like Kurt. Fair. Like, and I would feel much better if that those three guys, any one of them were my third wide receiver. I mean, I, they probably don't have the upside maybe of a Marquise Brown, but I don't know if it, their, their ceiling is that much different than Marquise this year. And, and I think Kirk and Lockett, they get the targets, but with the better quarterback. So I certainly right. like your point, with, with like, especially Christian Kirk's the one name that stands out of it. It's funny because those are all guys that I was targeting. I think I ended up with three out of those four guys. I had Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown. All of those guys were on my list to target um, for reasons that we already talked about. They're target monsters. Deontay Johnson last year, I think, broke an NFL record, had 147 targets and caught zero touchdowns. That that has to change, right? I mean, that has to go the other direction. So I, I you would assume, yeah, that's that's, that's not that's the type of record like the Edmonton Elks just broke in CFL last <laughs> night. It's not the type of record you want to break. You don't want those kind of records for sure. You know, I have to say with this team that there's a lot of names that I'm not necessarily the highest on this year, but a lot that I kind of trust for a relatively high floor in regards to production. My biggest concern or question mark with this roster um, is actually at the quarterback position. You know, I, yeah. I had I had them at seven for my rankings, and you know, there's a lot of pieces where I thought they got good value on different positions, and I like their strategy with the just how the draft board fell. It was mainly just AR at 311. You know, obviously there's a lot of uh, potential there, but I really don't like depending on a rookie, especially, you know, who knows if he's actually starting week one or not. And then suddenly, you know, his QB3 is Kyle Trask. I think if you were going to take that AR game and you were going to put so much into it, I get 
I get you already put the bet in. You bet on him saying, hey, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a starter right away if you're taking him at 311. But I still think you could have mitigated that risk a little bit with maybe, you know, like uh, right where Stroud fell at 710, like maybe even taking Kyler Murray around That's there. That's what I was thinking. Instead of taking Fryer, you take Murray. Or, yeah. or, or Kenny risk, Pickett, I see when. Or at even a better, another option is at uh, in the 11th round, instead of grabbing Gabe Davis, grab Tannehill. You yeah, already I, have D hop. Yeah. Like that was my, I I'm confused about not having a third starting QB. We talked about it with one of the other squads. I mean, especially with Anthony Richardson, you have to yeah. have another starter on this team. Cause, yep. Cause I mean, I, I love the value of Gabe Davis at 11, 11 Schultz at 10, two feels like a responsible pick there. P Ryan at nine 11 feels responsible as well. A lot of just like good overall healthy draft picks as i would call them you know nothing crazy um but nothing too sexy either and i think that's where you know they kind of needed to mix it up at some point there because they had a fairly unique approach off the bat when you took ar at 311 now zach yeah. would you have preferred if they took the other ar and took aaron Rodgers instead of anthony richardson that would that give you more confidence in the in the two qb build at that point uh yes because he went what yeah. six picks later yeah. i think he went yeah. six picks later and i i absolutely yeah for me it's really just a question mark around his qb2 that concerns me i think if he short up uh you know and it's not like i don't see the potential in anthony richardson because if he is everything that we're hoping he is he's going to be an amazing fantasy producer and that's great value but there's just a lot between that hope and where he is now you know i gotta see it to really invest in it yeah, I, I like the vet quarterback, especially in a redraft format, especially in a scoring format like Scott Fishbowl itself. You know, I really want to trust the proven talent. And if you're going to do the the young QB route, that's where, you know, for me, I like Stroud or Young in the seventh, but not Richardson in the third. Yeah, so and then have and a, another young, unproven quarterback that's played as much as Richardson and Kyle exactly. Trask. The if now, I was going, if I was going to take late, a rookie, but... I would have taken it three, four rounds later rather than where. I think yeah, well, so I, I was actually targeting AR in in my draft. I didn't end up with him. I, I drafted from the one hundred five, and my my game plan was to get you know AR and then get someone like Matthew Stafford, you know, later in the draft. The fact that he got Kyle Trask and, and Colt McCoy, who's further down, could be the starter there in Arizona. But yeah. even that's, you know, sort of sketchy. Um, I, I would have reached a little bit more to get a third solid quarterback, hoping for the AR explosion blow up. He runs for, you know, a thousand yards. Right. But if I didn't have it, I got Max Stafford that I can still kind of lean on. That's kind of where I was at with my, my strategy. Um, but yes. I agree. I think passing on a third quarterback is kind of a tough situation there. If AR is a top 20 QB, this team's going to be really good. You yeah. Know, it's just a matter of if he can finish as a top 20 QB year one. And I thought the rest of this draft, I thought you did pretty decently. I mean, you grabbed value with Harris and Warren, both solid players. They should have standalone value. Your wide receiver room, um, you got Davis, Shahid, and Patrick, all of whom are solid wide receivers. Like, that's a lot of value. Um I, I'm not sure why you took Washington as a tight end in, with your last round. I know it's the last round, but you could have grabbed Jelani Woods and had a stack with AR. You know, I mean, if you're going to take a stab, I mean, even Richie James is somebody I might have grabbed there instead of Darnell Washington. That's exactly uh, who I got in the last round, Richie James. <laughs> I mean, that those are the types of, you know, cards I'm willing to play at that, that point. I don't know what you're going to get with Darnell Washington. Um, 
Maybe he thought that, he was handcuffing Fryermuth in well, case of that, injury. That's the one thing. If he's going to go uh, so early on Fryermuth, you want to have the insurance on the investment. I suppose like I can understand the logic there. But I, I just I just didn't like the Fryermuth pick in the first place. So I I, I actually I agree with you there, JJ. I don't. I, don't I think when you have a hook, do you don't you don't get full liability and back that up. <laughs> you just yes. if Muth fails, like, then you just move on to another. Room. And I mean, uh, it's all about Kenny Pickett, though, right? Like, if, if you believe yeah. in Kenny Pickett, you can yeah. at least support one of them. But I, I guess I'm I'm just not on the. Again, like, a, oh, he's just as unproven as some of these rookies. And frankly, I mean, he hasn't started a full rookie season yet, and he was pretty awful. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the know. handcuff logic. So, yep. yeah, yeah, I, I, okay. I see but again, that. like, we're we're coming from the perspective, Fernando, that again, I really don't like Kenny Pickett, so that's why I'm just I like Deontay for the volume, but I really don't love anyone else in that. Office. Other than Najee. And yeah. being that it's not best ball, you can just sign Washington. You can pick him up off of waivers. He wasn't go getting, he wasn't getting drafted. Yeah, I agree. He so I wouldn't have worried too much about that, but I, I get where your head was at. All right, let's go ahead and get to team number nine. Number nine. Number nine is kind of all over the place. Uh, ranked as high as five, uh, as low as 12, and there's an eight and a seven mixed in the middle there. Uh, and this is Shuey. FF and uh, Zach, I made sure you got this team, at least one of the two teams that you yeah. knew. Uh, so Joey, this is, this is your team here. You know, this is my man. I'm glad to get his team. I was actually disappointed in myself. You know, uh, Shuey FF, he's a personal friend of mine, and um, I really wanted to dislike his team more just so I could bust his balls about it. <laughs> but, you know, I was actually fairly, fairly happy with what he did. You know, starting off the draft, Jalen Hurts 101, definitely in this format. Smart pick there. You can't really go wrong with any of those top QBs. So, love the choice there. CD Lamb at 212 seems like great value as well, just based off of where some of these wide receivers are going. But, um, Hawkinson, again, you know, I felt like a lot of these uh, picks are what I would refer to as the responsible pick. You know, it wasn't. Anything where you're reaching on your guy, it wasn't a guy that fell super far, just, you know, took him right around value, and it makes sense for a good, solid, healthy build. And um, Hawkinson, I think at 312 was a little aggressive there. You know, I can see it if that's your your tight end. You know, for me, I, I'm going probably lean a little in favor of some of the other big names first, but uh, you guys' thoughts there? Do you like Hawkinson as the, I believe that's the tight end three? Yeah, I think and it, if you want to get one of those elite tight ends, you would have had to do it at that turn because you see yeah. uh, Pitts and Kittle go the same round. So it really yeah. is. Yeah. It's, I'm just curious. Do you like Hawkinson there compared to like the Pitts Kittle? Do you see that? Like, I think it's kind of just uh, choose which one you like out of that. But I one A, B, C. Yeah. So Hawkinson, you know, I guess I'll plug the going for two projections project. But I, I was I was given the AFC and NFC North and actually have Hawkinson projected just ahead of mark andrews like almost identical points per game hawkins okay. with more targets and receptions uh mark andrews better yards per catch more touchdowns uh almost equal out production but uh, yeah i like hawkinson as a as a good as a top three tight end this yeah. year so in, in the format the only other thing i would think of is you know it's so waiting so late for a running back but i think uh, yeah. definitely or, i would take I just, hawkinson yeah. over another receiver there and Maybe Rodgers at quarterback, but no, I, I think I, I like the Hawkinson pick. Okay, yeah, I just want, I was curious about how you guys felt about that top two tight end room. Um, then at 401, though, I love the Devonta Smith pick there as well. Um, I think he's, I mean, obviously he's been consistent already in his relatively young career, but I think he's just trying to 
keep going off that. Plus, you have the Hurts Smith stack, which I love. Obviously, you know the only way it can get better is if you have AJ Brown too. But you know that's, that's what dreams are made for. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I think going there, I I was surprised you didn't take a running back there. But also looking at the running back room around four hundred one, I would have realistically taken. Um, I would have taken Devonta Smith there as well, or maybe maybe Najee Harris, um, just with the workload. But you know, unless you really love any of those guys that went in that fourth round range, I probably would have waited until that five twelve turn to take a running back. Um, to, to that point, Zach, real quick, yeah, I think I like Tony Pollard the best, but them yeah. already going yeah. Lamb means the most optimal thing to do here probably is the tight end and then the stack with Devonta. But yes, yeah, agreed. I, I think uh, if, I think if anything, it might have been to go. The RB at at the two three turn or at the two or yeah, yeah at the end of the second instead of Lamb that might have almost been the spot for me I think I would have probably touched it uh, or it's it's I I probably would have done Devonta Smith um, right right there is probably when I would have been looking but I don't I'm not a big Tony Pollard guy but I think regardless of who you like you would have had to have been aggressive because you can see the the Jones Gibbs ET and T are gone as well before you make your next pick which kind of puts you in a tough spot there. Obviously, one of the pros and cons of being 101 is just uh, that long wait. You know, I know Shuey is a, a Baltimore fan, so I'm going to assume that he believes in J.K. Dobbins and this will be the year that, you know, he'll kind of finally live up to all that hype and potential that was once there. Um, obviously, a lot of injuries and running back room stuff that have kind of always gotten in the way of that. I'm not... I'm not necessarily a Dobbins believer, but I think um, relative to the names that were there, I might have probably preferred Camaro. Um, but otherwise, you know, Damian Pierce is just purely off workload, so I don't, I don't hate the picks there. I think, I think these were you know relatively good slot value picks. I just it's about when he targeted it. Um, would you guys agree with that? Because I think my big discrepancy is just this whole roster. I, I like the team. It looks healthy, you know, with how he has three QBs. He got Tannehill fairly young. He's like, so he can mitigate the risk with taking Tyler in the eighth. He's got a good amount of young wide receivers with upside, but the running back room is kind of where it scares me. I mean, I, I just don't see that much opportunity for his, um, the rest of his positions to make up for what his running back room is. What are you guys' thoughts on his running back room more specifically? I'll actually take back the Lamb comment where they should have gone running back is instead of Jerry Judy. They probably should have yeah. gone two running backs there, Dobbins and someone else, whether it's Ken Walker or Kamara, like you suggested, build the depth. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the one that had this team at 12. And, and quite frankly, ranking these teams is very difficult. Um, yes. I changed my ranking so many times. I do think that any of these teams could have been ranked pretty much anywhere. Like we, we're used to doing these with dynasty teams and you have the two or three teams that are in rebuild and we know that they're at the end no matter what. And then we get the teams that are towards the top that are contending. Uh, with the redraft league being that this was just off the draft, it's very difficult to sort of separate these teams and basically becomes like who you like and who you don't like. Um, and the reason I had him at 12 is because I looked at, okay, they got Jalen Hurts and then Kyler Murray, you know, how long is he going to be out for? So you're going to be rolling with Tannehill and I don't know how, how good Tannehill is going to be. So the quarterback thing kind of, you know, scared me a little bit, but just looking at his roster from, from there on out, I do like the, 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 the receiver room with, with lamb, uh, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, I actually have Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith in a very similar tier. So the fact that he got Judy basically a whole, you know, almost two rounds later than Devonta Smith, um, you know, cause he's at the beginning of the fourth and then the end of the, the fifth. Um, I like that a lot. 
Uh, I, I'm high on Dobbins. I think that offense is going to be more pass-friendly, and I think Dobbins is going to be more involved in the passing game than he ever has been. Um, health is a, uh, obviously the concern, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's great. And then, you know, James Conner, James Cook, Singletary, at that point, you're just kind of throwing darts, hoping that one of those guys do hit. Um, if Connor stays healthy, obviously he could be good. We've seen it. Uh, James Cook in offense is really good. He could be something special as well. Singletary's, you know, in there with Houston and what can he do there? This team actually looks really good, except for the quarterbacks for me. I think that was the one thing that was a detractor for me was that, you know, yes, you got Jalen Hurts. You got probably maybe the best, you know, or at least one of the top three quarterbacks. Um, I just I avoided Kyler because I just didn't I just don't know if he's going to play. I just honestly don't know if he's going to get if he sits out six, seven games to start the season on the pup. And then they're zero and six at that point. Why is he coming back? He might have just wait out a year. Um, but that's just my my take on that. I guess the one thing I'll say is, in theory, you know, Kyler coming back later in the season, if he does come back, Tannehill's going to start. And then, like, I think the risk of Tannehill is getting benched. So at least, like, those opposites should complement each other. You have Tannehill to Fair start point. the season, Kyler likely to end the season. I like that they handcuffed with Mariota. Does it feel like overkill just getting Sam Darnold, though? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that have been nice to just add a, a depth running back there? Five QBs is a lot of QBs. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I mean, and I mean, five it's Darnold. QBs. Like, like, what are we really expecting at Darnold? And Jeff, you're the 49ers fan. Like, well, it, I mean, if you listen to the news right now, Darnold is the best quarterback in camp right now. So maybe they got they're onto something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't. He is the highest a, drafted of that whole group. It's but, a lot of QBs, but I don't. I mean, Rams twenty and on. I don't really care what you use. Like, yeah, I get position. the 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 dart throws, but at the same time, any uh, headline breaks. You usually cut in one of those picks pretty quickly for the guy you're more excited about in those. So, all right, let's go ahead and get to team number eight. Number eight. Team number eight ranked as high as number one. Uh, I actually had this team at number one and as low as number 12. So, you literally are <laughs> all over the board here. Uh, and it's ironic because we so we ran a contest during this live draft that I you know that we we ran and we had uh, the divisions so each division ranked another division one through twelve and the 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 worst team in the division won a um, fancy footballer's ultimate draft kit because we figured you're the worst team in the league you need the ultimate draft kit uh, and I believe this is the team that actually won last place and got the draft kit. So the fact that he made it all the way up to number eight <laughs> and he made my number one team uh, is pretty impressive. And that is Mr. Spectaculous. And uh, let's see, this is your team, Kyle. Go ahead and give us your breakdown here. Well, it is quite spectacular that you know one uh, analyst ranked them one, one analyst ranked them 12. Like, I've done quite a few PLPs. Jeff's been on every single one. Have you ever seen that? Never. Jeff? It's never happened before. <laughs> That's well done. Very spectacular. Uh, I, so I think the, uh, the two QB start, I actually really like. Fields and Watson, uh, one of the best QB duos probably in this whole league. We'll get to another team later that I think might have the edge at the QB room, but I, I really love that start. Uh, Fields kind of almost provides some good safety with the rushing floor, and if Watson can rebound, that's a lot of high upside. Uh, you, Watson might even outscore Fields, honestly, if, if he can kind of return to what he used to be. So great upside there. And I think that allowed to to not have to address QB until later. It felt like they got a pretty good value on, on a guy that may have a chance to start most of the season. Uh, and it, Well, I guess I could say now it's Sam Howell in the 11th round. So they were able to go 
almost a full 10 picks and just add the value at depth at, at different positions. I think four running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end in that stretch. So I kind of like how they, they built that. They prioritize quarterback early so you don't have to be taking him in the middle rounds where you can get some really good value. Uh, a lot of stacks as well. They stacked Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson. They stacked, technically, they stacked Drake London really late with Taylor Heineke. Uh, and then where else were the stacks? Uh, Njoku again with Watson. So I guess that's, that's a quick question. In this format, that, that double stack of Watson with Amari Cooper and David Njoku, do you guys find that an advantage or is that overdoing it? So it's an advantage if Watson returns to what he is. Like, I would prefer to take a, a, a more. Uh, known stack that we think is going to be really good, you know, a more powerful offense. But, you know, if they believe in Watson, which they took him at the second round, they believe in Watson. And if he can return to what he is, then yes, I like that stack. That, that offense should be pretty good with, with Nick Chubb at the running back as well. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like this idea with the Njoku and, and Cooper because those two guys really could be the, the one and two in far as targets on that team. And, uh, you know, We'll plug uh, the DFS show on Friday nights, Jeff, but you guys always talk with you, Gerson and Tim, that when you're making a DFS lineup, for that lineup, you want to assume everything you do is correct, especially for, for GPPs. And certainly a big 3,300-player three, 3, tournament like this, you want to assume you're going to be right at every pick. And so if you know, they're taking Watson in the second, they're, they're already making that bet, that assumption that Watson will return to form. So from there, you correlate the bet with the stack. So... Uh, I, I do like it. Again, though, I've mentioned this with Fryermuth. It does seem like Njoku's in that range where it's just a little too soon for those mid-range tight ends. Once you get past, I, I think Waller's the and I think it was the same case in my SFB draft. I took Waller late as like that last guy of that. He could be a real difference maker, but um, so I, I, I don't love the value on Njoku, but I don't think it's awful either. And I think it's it's augmented. Like, if any other team took Njoku there, it's probably not as efficient as the team that has Watson. So it's smart in that sense. And then, you know, it gives at least one tight end so you don't have to force the issue. Maybe take multiple shots. They only took three total because they wanted to build their depth kind of at other positions. See the logic there. Because, again, there's more stacks throughout. And technically, Antonio Gibson, if he catches a lot of passes, that's a stack with, with Sam Howell. You know, they're in ranges where you don't have to start them every week. Because this team is Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, and if Javante Williams returns, better options. But maybe if, you know the matchups where Watson or Fields is on bye, and you have to play Sam Howell. That might be a good week to play Antonio Gibson. So there's some things that can definitely correlate. Mooney stacking with Fields weeks where you think that maybe later in the season Fields has to throw a lot, you can stack that as well. So a few stacks, and then uh, yeah. So how important was it stacking for you guys when drafting? So I, I use it as tiebreakers. I don't I, I don't try to go out and get a stack. Like I'm not going to take a guy that I have ranked lower to get the stack. But if I got two guys that are in the similar field and I have the quarterback for one of those two guys, then I'm taking the stack. But I don't go out of my way to get the stack. Uh, I'm a little less uh, prone to go after the stack, if anything. You know, I'm kind of there with Jeff, you know, where I, it's kind of a tiebreaker for me, but I almost try and... Uh, it almost hurts them a little bit, if anything. I like to diversify my assets as much as possible. So, you know, going all in on one team, yeah, there's plenty of offenses where you enjoy it, but at the same time, it can really bite you in the ass depending on the week. Yeah, it depends on the quarterback for me. <laughs> uh, you know, 
there are certain quarterbacks you want the stack from, and then there's others where you just want to be like, eh, yeah, I'm okay. I don't think I'd consider either of these QBs as guys that I'd want to be a stack as a part of. Yeah. Like, well, I'm thinking like Howell and Fields. Those are probably not the best stack guys. Watson of the three probably makes the most sense in theory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. It's it's more of those uh, pocket passer types. Yeah, I guess Deshaun. It's the guys that you trust with the arm more than anything. I think, you know, the guys that are trusted to just have that high volume. And we've seen Watson lead the league in passing yards before. Again, but it's it's all, again, making that bet, does he return? But uh, to, to the your point, Zach, I do like, sometimes you might almost overreach if the stacks are too early, like this one. Like, it's you're stacking Watson, but with two star, two guys in that starter range. I know I had Mahomes and Cousins in my draft, and I stacked both of them, but it was A.J. Osborne super late. Um, and then, like, Clyde Edwards Hilaire technically, or Marquez Valdez Scantling super later. I stacked him with Harrison Butker. Like I, I didn't necessarily go out and reach for Kadarius Tony, thankfully. So yeah, sometimes the, the stacks outside the starter range are sometimes the most they provide you the most upside and value. Because the thing is, you're probably starting Amari Cooper every week. So whether he's stacked with Watson or not, he's almost in the lineup every week. So you, you almost lose a little bit when it's so early. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with everything you said there. And I, I do think you know, this team I had at one. So obviously I like what he did with everything that, you know, and the re- the way that I ranked them is I went by quarterback room first. And you mentioned that this might have the, you know, if not the best, yeah. one of the top quarterback duos uh, in the in this division. And, you know, and then the guys that he took, I'm I'm really high on. I love Amar, right? St. Uh, St. Brown, uh, you know, Cooper, I think has a, another good season left in him. I think Drake London, you know, has a ton of targets coming his way this year. Uh, the running backs, you know, everyone seems to hate Joe Mixon, but he produces when he's on the field and he got his contract, so he'll definitely be there. Javante Williams, I think, you know, we talked about it already. He wasn't put on the pup list, so he's actually at camp. So that that panned out pretty well there for a ninth round pick. I think if that news had come out before the drafts, I think Javante Williams is a much higher draft pick. So, I, you know, that, I think overall and I think of the the running backs that are with Washington, I think Gibson is the one I want. Um, I think they're going to find catcher, ways, right? yeah, the pass catcher. They're going to find and he's got good touchdown upside with a few guys late. Jarek McKinnon, there's some touchdown upside there. Jeff Wilson, he might be the number one back for the Dolphins this year. We don't, we don't know, so great value there. And actually, to the guys I took in Scott Fishbowl, KJ Osborne, Valdis, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, there could be a lot of targets go their way. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on to team number seven. Number seven. Number seven, uh, this one's almost as big a disparity as the last one. Uh, yeah. Ranked as high as two and as low as 12. Uh, and this is Team Catsby 1000. And this is your team. JJ, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I had a little roller coaster of emotion when I looked up this team. I, I saw Nick Adams and I was like, oh, no, not that Nick Adams. <laughs> and then I couldn't quite understand if, if like, Cats by 1000 or is it Catsby, like a play on Great Catsby? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, had me going in a lot of directions, but I loved your draft. I ranked you as the second best. Um, so I'm just going to gush about your draft for a little bit. You know, you picked from the four slot. Um, that gave you the option. The top quarterbacks are Kelsey. Kelsey dropped to you and you pounced. I personally, having uh, witnessed and run over 50 mocks for Scott Fishbowl, never liked a Kelsey build that I did. Um, and shockingly, I like yours. I thought that you seemed to handle it with ease. Uh, Diggs, Jones, and Pollard are great picks following that up. I don't think anybody is going to argue about their value. Um, 
Daniel Jones brought me a redraft title last year. And I think especially in this format with his rushing upside um, and the upgrade in his weapons, I I think you're going to be pretty happy with DJ this year. Uh, Gentlemen, what did you think about his top four picks? I mean, this is, you're right. I mean, as far as the mocks go, this is probably one of the better Kelsey builds I've seen. Um, getting him at four was pretty much a steal, and I and I like it. I like the quarterbacks. I like that he went Stafford. You know, he was the one that I was kind of targeting. I think Stafford's got a bounce back season in him. Um, you know, Pollard, uh, Stefan Diggs, all of that. I, I really like this team. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to say, Nick, you seem to have uh, benefited by val- value falling to you throughout the draft. Um, especially in these three rounds, right? Gibbs, uh, Goddard, Stafford, Mike Williams, they were all there for you after their ADP. Uh, You know, people fall all the time, but you made sure that you stopped their fall. And I don't know, it's a big if. Uh, I didn't really like Gibbs. He's been growing on me. Um, And if Mike Williams can stay healthy, and I, I know it's a big if, but that's a great wide receiver too for you at that point. Now, I know Kadarius Tony has upside. At 9-9, this is one of the biggest areas where I disagree. I'm avoiding him everywhere. Um, he seems like A-B, but less mature <laughs> yeah. um, and more injury prone. So I don't know. Looking at this next stretch, right? You had Tony, Purdy, and Higby. I think you lost value. I think in these, this place, if you had just gone Dotson, Dulcich, and Howe, I think you would have been much happier with how your team turned out. Um, if Howe hits, then you ended up with a cheap stack with Dotson. Uh, Dulcich, I think, gives you more upside than Higby, but I've never been a big Higby guy. So just the thought of some things you could have done a little bit differently without reaching, and I think your team would have looked a little bit better at this point. I don't know where you guys are. If you agree with any of that. Yeah, no, I agree. And those three guys that you mentioned, you know, cause I didn't really look too far as, as to what he could have had. And those three guys you mentioned, I think I would prefer over the three guys he took. So that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, and it's the little nuances that happen in a draft, you know, and who knows, who knows how it's going to turn out. Um, but let's look at the rest of the stack. Um, so you ended up. Uh, while you're while just yeah, JJ, real you. quick to just answer. Uh, I think even without taking Hal, I think I would have preferred Dotson over Tony anyway. Mm-hmm. Chance to be potentially the alpha on that team, even though it's probably McLaurin, but certainly closer to the number one target on the, the team rather than Tony having to compete with Kelsey and then having, having both Tony and Kelsey on the same team. That's it's funny. You asked your first question was, what do you think of the first four picks? I could have doubled that and said, I love the first eight picks. I'm with you. I'm not, I wasn't the highest on Gibbs, but I am coming and coming around past catching back expected. But yeah, the Tony pick, even just changing that for Dotson, I still think I like the complexion of the team. Agreed. And I, and I think moving on from here, I mean, Penny, Kendra, McBride, and strong and Ingram, they're all, you know, the if then players. If Penny is healthy, he's going to produce. If Kamara gets suspended, Kendra Miller's a great pickup. Uh, if Madison Ramondre or Connor get hurt, you have all of their handcuffs. So I like your running back room. I like that you mix, uh, you know, people who have a role in the offense 
plus some very, very high-value handcuffs. Um, on the wide receiver end, Mingo, Chark, the other Jefferson, uh, and Nakua, they're all dart throws that could pay off for you. I think I would have gone with some more valuable, uh, not valuable, but reliable late round receivers, um, guys like MVS, Woods, Hodgins, KJ Osborne, maybe instead of taking as many shots as you did, as many dart throws, maybe get somebody with a, a more consistent floor would have helped you here. But I mean, we're at the end and I like your squad overall. So I can't really argue with what you did. He handcuffed a lot. They went Tony with, with Kelsey, then Chark with Mingo. Uh, Van Jefferson with Puka Nakua. It, just take it, like you know, take the the three of those that you prefer, and like we, we already mentioned, don't take Tony, take Mingo, but then don't take Chark. Go to a, like another team again, like trying to assume that you're correct instead of trying to always cover it. It seemed like they did that a little too much later, albeit because I think we all agree really like the start of the draft. Yeah, no, I I agree there with Kyle. What you're going to say with as far as hedging their bets and taking the two guys that one of the two potentially could pop and the other one becomes pretty much a droppable asset at that point. So you're not drafting, you know, two players that could be usable. You're drafting one player with two different draft picks. And he did that a couple different times. And that, I think that kind of hurt his overall depth because, you know, yes, if, if Jefferson is the receiver for the Rams that you want and that, you know, the number two option and Puka Nakua becomes obsolete or vice versa, same thing with, with Mingo and shark. If one of them ends up being the guy that pops, other one's obsolete. And you're hitting waiver wires looking for another guy where you could have just drafted those guys to begin with and hope that you're right on at least one of them. And they took Higby too. I even forgot about that. Like that's a three-way stack and they do have Stafford. So that is the one thing that maybe that makes that a better, but it does seem a little excessive. Like Higby and Jefferson alone, that might've, yeah, and they that got, could do, I could see that. I don't they have the Rams do. logo as their, uh, as their, <laughs> so we, we know, we know where that's coming <laughs> <Yeah>. from. <laughs> you know what? If they don't have Stafford, it makes a lot less sense though. Right. So if, like to at least have Stafford makes those make sense. But yeah, the, the Mingo Chark one, that, that one really stands out, especially cause it's back-to-back picks, like pick one that you think is the best and then just go to another offense and pick their best off. Agreed. I, no, I guess I should. Time. I said we we all agree that we like the start, but Zach did rank this team twelve, so maybe I shouldn't yeah. speak for Zach there. <laughs> no, I was going to say a perfect time for my food to come uh, during the team I ranked twelve. So <laughs> glad that happened because uh, yeah, no time I to noticed JJ is number two on it. Um, JJ, I'll probably have you touch on that a little bit more once we get over to the next team because I noticed we have a discrepancy there as well. So all I right, hear about that. Let's go ahead and get to number six. Number six. Number six, ranked as high as one and as low as nine, as Zach alluded to. He has him at nine. JJ, you got him at one. And uh, Zach, this is your team, and this is A-Wild. JJ, if you'd like, I'd like to kind of just cross-reference this team with you because I'm noticing that when you're really high, when you're all the way in, I'm all the way out. So let's kind (laughs) of go at this together because I think we can kind of get some different opinions here. Off the bat, let's start with, you know, that that 109, I think CMC, I think that's good value there. You know, I, I like that. Um, I don't think we're going to have any discrepancies there. Same goes with the 204 Tyreek range, especially with Deshaun already going there. You know, I could have seen him taking someone like Dak, but I think you guys know by now that I'm not much of a Dak Prescott guy. So um, I probably wouldn't have done that. So, so far, so good. But it's really that 304. Um, are we confident in Derrick Henry staying healthy this year? Are you guys cool with that there? Like, I, I guess I, I think I'm still okay with that one, but it's the dynasty in me that probably feels 
a little wrong there. So uh, you guys feel good with that Derrick Henry 304? He I'm was good. one of the three running backs to hit over 350 touches last year. I'm just going to say it. on Josh Jacobs for that reason. So in but, in fairness to Jacobs, I should also be lower on Henry, but it it also seems like he. I mean, is, is, I'm worried is about this, every player. Is this injuries. Tom Brady yes. of running backs where we just pretend like age isn't a thing until he actually falls apart? Because that's the part I don't understand. Well, Derrick Henry is ancient running back. Well, the thing that the thing that's different from Henry and every other running back is he is like what six foot four. Yeah, he's two, he's a big boy. Yeah. He's like. He's not taking the punishment. He's yeah. delivering the punishment. Yes. So that that's a yes. big difference for me. And he okay. did have, I think, 349 carries last year. So yeah. like, he, he definitely stayed healthy last yeah. year. No, he did. I'm worried just, about every player getting injured, Zach. So to, to answer your question, yes, I am worried about him. I just worry about 200-year-old running backs, okay? <laughs> uh, just like I worry about 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks. So it's... um. Yeah, but no, so far so good with this, but it, it's really those middle rounds. You know, I, I would say I feel good about Olave even as well. To me, I would say my cutoff is that that fifth round Geno pick. Um, I guess it just kind of seemed weird for me with this roster. I know they needed QB at some point, but um, I guess I would have expected Geno to go to the DK owner um, or the JSN owner, someone that's trying to get them both together like we previously alluded to. This is I, the JSN team. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, yep. Yeah, perfect. But that's later on. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking it's earlier. But I, uh, I don't know. I don't love Gino at five oh four. Is that? Do you like? Are you high on uh, Gino this year, JJ? Because to me, it was the quarterback room that specifically killed the vibes for this. Most of all, was just a. You're betting on Gino to be what he's only done once, and we're betting on Jordan Love, uh, who's a complete unknown, and then we don't even have a QB. No QB three. Not even. Not Nothing. even someone that you, hey, maybe you'll get a chance. Nothing. The quarterback room was my least favorite part of this team. Uh, what made me really fall in love with this team was uh, CMC, Derrick Henry, Kenneth Walker as one, two, three, uh, Ingram, uh, Chig uh, in the tight end room, and then, you know, Olave Hill, JSN. Yeah. I, I just thought their top three at those, each of those positions was solid like yeah. i really like they did and you know i don't like gino but i like that you also have kenneth walker and jsn right so i i don't know just the way that they constructed this team allowed me to overlook quarterback yeah, and i think they might be able to get by with i think have. i think that's where like i i get taking the middle and qb route you know I'm, i pride myself on the zero qb method and super flexes but i guess it's uh you know if i'm doing that i usually want a third one that's a Derek mm-hmm. carr a jimmy g a matthew stafford someone that you know he might be a little behind at this point we don't know if he can get back to that previous form but we've seen them be productive for a while at the nfl level i think it's just a very dangerous risk when you take two guys that are very, uh, the variability is very wide. And, um, you know, I, I want a little bit more foundation of consistency at my QB. If it's QB 20 every week, it doesn't have to be sexy. At least I know what I'm getting. These guys could be QB 30 and then QB 5. So that's what, that's what scares me the most. Any other thoughts on this team, Jeff? Yeah, so the quarterback room is the reason why I, I kind of had them as a middling team as well because, you know, kind of going off what both of you said, like, I love all the pieces but quarterback. I love Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. The fact that Kenneth Walker is your RB3 is awesome. 
uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave are two guys I'm really high on this year. JSN, hopefully he pops, but then you back them up with guys like Sutton and Bateman that have upside. You know, Michael Gallup could bounce back this year. Um, Great so value some, on that Gallup. Yeah, absolutely. That's value picks the whole Agreed. And then, you know, Ingram had a monster year last year, and he did most of it in the second half of the year. So if we assume that that continues over into the, the, the new year and he has a full year of that type of volume, Ingram could be a, a top four tight end easily with, with that type of offense. So um, I love all of that. And the reason why I had a middling is because of that quarterback room and not because of the ones that he necessarily took or where he took yep. them. Um, I would have personally taken Russell Wilson over Geno Smith, who went a few picks yep. later. Uh, and then the Jordan Love one, I think I saw Matthew Stafford was in there. I would prefer Matthew Stafford over Jordan Love, a little bit more of a of a, a track record. Um, so that's the reason why I had him a little bit lower. But I think overall, this team is built pretty solid. I, and I, I just want to touch on those QBs one final part. I like both of them. You know, I think there's enough reason to be high on that value you got for them. It's just a question of the ifs and, uh, you know, having some sort of consistency there. I love Jordan Love this year. I think you'll be able to get great return on where you got him. But that's a, you know, it's a risky business. And, um, yeah, when you only take two QBs and that's it, uh, good luck. You're braver than I am. <laughs> and to Mr. Scamper's credit, in my Scott Fishbowl division, Gino was like the 202. Yeah. So he was definitely going really high. I mean, I know, again, uh, projections, uh, and not the full projections for the NFC and AFC North, I didn't go over two, but my touchdown projections, I still had to like, project passing attempts, and I think I had the Seahawks third in pass attempts. Mm, good point. I expect high, we talk about volume, right? Like it, it, that could All be a really volume. high volume passing team. Good stuff. All right, let's get to team number five. Number five. Number five team ranked as high as two and as low as 10. And before I give the name, I want to just give this caveat here. So uh, me and the owner of this team were actually uh, organizers of this live draft. And if you could picture 70 people crammed into a Washington, D.C. bar that was probably too small for 70 people. Also had an AC issue where it wasn't quite cooling off the area. And if you know, in the middle of July, it's freaking hot in Washington, D.C. So you got 70 sweaty people. We're trying to organize. They're all drinking. And then we're trying to draft our teams on top of that. So it made drafting extremely difficult. Uh, But of course, if you don't already know by now, it is Mr. Joe Bond's team. Uh, He is ranked fifth. And uh, Kyle, this is your squad here. Yeah, so I guess the, the word I use to start is balanced. Um, even like the, the first five picks, two quarterbacks, and then one at each of the other positions. Herbert, Cup, Jacobs, Kittle, and then coming back with Russell Wilson. A lot of, a lot of AFC West there. Division stack, uh, that's always fun to do. And then, again, balance, and then another set of picks, and then you get Mac Jones later. So uh, what I mentioned earlier, uh, the Fields-Watson team, this might be the only QB room I really like more. Herbert, Wilson, and Mac Jones. Uh, you kind of have the, the, the risky proposition with Wilson. Uh, now, Mac Jones is risky in another sense that he, he doesn't really have much of a floor, but he's, we know what he is. Like, like we just don't know what Wilson's going to be, so it's like a complete guessing game. But if he returns to what he used to be before last season, then it's, that's great value. Um, so, yeah, I just I love the balance of the team. It felt like they're solid every position. They got a difference-making tight end in Kittle. Uh, got good running back depth in those uh, those first eleven picks, three of them anyway. Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Rashad White. Expect you know, good amounts of carries for all of them, and also they, they should all be involved in the passing game. And I love Cooper Cup. 
a good difference making wide receiver one of the type. And I, I didn't really want to go too early on wide receivers in this, but like the guys like Cup are the ones you will take early. In the Consider a good value. I think we talked about that with Diggs uh, for another team earlier. Like that, those are the types of receivers you want to take. You want to reach on. It's the elite, elite guys that get elite volume and are so efficient, have high touchdown upside. Cup is definitely. I mean, I rank this team third. I, I honestly almost ranked them second. So I was super high on it. And I think the reason is just the balance of it all. It, you know, they were able to get good, decent running back depth, uh, but still having the difference maker at, at tight end and you get an elite receiver in the quarterback room seems solid. Like to me, that's got it. Like, I don't see a bad pick in here, really. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I, I had met. I had been number two. So I had him a little bit higher than you did. And some of that is my appreciation that he was able to pull this draft off with everything mm-hmm. that we had going on all at once with this craziness. So that was a little bit of a, a hedging there. But yeah, I mean, every pick in here is good. I mean, uh, Herbert, Cup, Jacobs is a great start, assuming that Jacobs plays, doesn't hold out. Uh, Kittle, yeah. uh, I've already mentioned that I like Russell Wilson a lot. I was taking him over the uh, Geno Smith pick a few picks earlier. Um, I think Russell Wilson bounces back with Sean Payton as his quarterback. He's got upside guys like Christian Watson if he really, you know, takes that second year leap. Um, I like Miles Sanders. I think he's going to get a ton of volume in that offense. They had, I think, the second most rush attempts last year for, in that offense. It's not going to change much. It's intercepting to a role where he'll get a ton of volume. He took some good late-round flyers with you know guys like Michael Thomas. You know, Does he return to some attempts of his own self? Uh, you know, Fournette, does he land anywhere where he can potentially you know, put up some points? Uh, even going all the way down there to Zach Ertz as his, th- as his tight end three, uh, I liked that pick as well because when Zach Ertz comes back, I think he still has a good role in that offense and he's still one of the better tight ends in the league. So, yeah, I think overall this this is a very solid team. A couple late stacks as well. Juju stacking with Mac Jones and then Marvin Mins super late stacking with Wilson. So those could really. I appreciated this team from the perspective as well as I was someone that drafted from 107. And I think right in the middle of the draft, while it's a blessing because you never have too long of a wait at the same time, so it's, it can be a pain in the ass because I think you're put in the spot of, do I reach? Do I start the uh, run or do I take like the responsible pick here? You know, I found myself in my live draft. There's a few times where I was like, Ooh, do I take this guy? It feels like I should, I don't want to. But I, I should. And I think this is what Joe did as well, where it's, you know, it might not be the sexy pick, but it's essentially a good value each and every round. And right. I think that's uh, what I appreciate about this team. Not a lot of uh, stuff that really gets me super excited, but nothing that I'm distraught by either. And, and Joe, the content professional here, plugging his cheat sheet that he put out in our Discord. Um, so, you know, if you didn't use it this year, look for it next year. It was a pretty awesome tool he put together. He used our ADP for a couple of it. So, um, pretty awesome tool that he used there. I'll be honest. I'll shout out going for two because I know a few, like Peter Howard was using our ADP every time he was doing anything Scott Fishbowl related. It was always going for two ADP was his source. So good, good job, Jeff. Yeah. Just shout out to the and everyone in the Discord, and, and including guys like Joe that contribute greatly to the Discord. Um, I guess I had one last thing to say, but before I do, JJ, do you have any comments about this team? Uh, you know, I was the lowest on this team, but I think it's mostly because of the wide receivers. Uh, I like Cup. I'm not a big fan of Watson, and I think once we hit that spot, you have to tell yourselves a lot of stories to believe in these guys as you go down. You have to start three. I don't feel confident in three of these wide receivers. Good point. So that's that's just where I'm at, and that's where why I was behind. They're, all of them are super boom bust. Like we, we, Juju's going to a new team. 
Yeah. Watson, what what did you know? What kind of upside does he have over a full season? Michael Thomas, yeah, yeah Thomas just Myers, injury. Like, Myers' yeah. new team, yeah. Peoples Jones, where again you're banking on the Watson comeback. At least that's a late you know, investment for it. Yeah. I think the the one benefit from that, just real quick, is that I, I like the late round flyers at running back. I think their guys are going to be worth rostering for a while. But I think at the wide receiver position, the benefit of being needy there is you can be the one that's aggressive on the waivers. They're a lot more so while others are trying to get the running backs, the tight ends, or say a QB if they have an injury. Yeah. So I think that's where you're in a good position as well. It might be the easiest position to address, Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. to your point, Zach. Agreed. I guess the one thing I'll say is, you know, we've already done a few peek behind the curtains here with Joe's team and Jeff talking about the live experience, but you look at our consensus rankings of what we do uh, to organize these teams, this team is a point and a half away from being eighth, and they're 1.25 points away from being second. Yeah. And it's like, it's like right in the middle of these two congested things, like teams six through eight are separated by 0.25 points total. And you know what? That's the, we get to this next stretch of teams that are separated by 0.25 points total in, in the consensus rankings. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, there were definite tiers in this draft. For real. All right, let's get to number four. Number four. Number four team. This one was pretty, pretty close. We, we pretty much all had them in the same area. Uh, ranked as high as four, uh, as low as six. I was the one person that had them at six. Ruined and, the unanimous ranking. We yeah. could have all had them at four. It would have been ranked four. It would have been almost perfect. Yep. Yeah. Good job, Jeff. Yeah. Got to, got to throw chaos. Had to throw right? a wrench in there. Uh, and this team is J Andrew 286 And this is your team. JJ, go ahead and take it away. It is. Jason, Jason, Jason. Uh, I, I love uh, Omar in your Twitter profile. He might be coming, but I don't think a championship is. Uh, but no, we all agreed, except for Jeff, about fourth <laughs> place. Uh, you drafted from the 1-6. I drafted from the 1-5, so I felt a little kinship with you. And we had the exact same start. We both had Lamar and Bichon in the first and second rounds. So... I love them, obviously, because I made the same picks. Uh, I think Waddle at 3-7 is a good pick. Um, sometimes I have some concerns about a wide receiver two on your team being your wide receiver one, but that offense, you should be fine. Um, your next three picks, Pitts, Carr, and more, I can't really argue with them. I think Pitts is going to be uh, much imp- with going to perform better with an improved Ritter. Hopefully this year, uh, Carr and Moore should both thrive in their new homes. Um, I'm not sure why you took Carr early. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but you took Kamara, and I think Kamara is where I sort of was disappointed in your draft. I know people have earlier talked about how much they like Kamara. Um, I, I don't know. You took him around earlier than his ADP. Um, He's going to miss games. I would rather have Connor, uh, Monty, White, or Pacheco over him. I know that's not a popular opinion, uh, but he is going to miss games this year. Uh, I don't want my RB2 missing 25 to 40% of my games. Um, I don't know. That, that makes me a little bit nervous now. If you guys want to say something good about Kamara, feel free. <laughs> but... Well, with, with the risks surrounding Kamara and the fact that Bijan's a rookie, there's risk there, too. To only take two running backs through 10 rounds, that is maybe the, the spot where they, they could have had added extra earlier depth. 
Uh, now, is it is it a smart thing to take Jamal Williams on the same team as Kamara, or does when they're playing together does that cap the upside? Um, do you do you just play both? Like I'll flex one and and one will be in the RB spot. Like, what do you guys think of that? I mean, he might have been just handcuffing him for the first part of the season uh, when he might miss games. Um, I don't know. New Orleans has supported two running backs in the past. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the one thing with card, does the car pick make more sense because he has Kamara and you get that stack going and it's the assumption that car is good and car will throw a lot of passes to Kamara. I think that was kind of a, an issue last year. Dalton didn't throw as you know, he threw a lot to Olave, a lot to the receivers, but Kamara's targets went down. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Cause car is a guy who checks down quite a bit, you know, we saw last year with Josh, Josh Jacobs get a ton of targets because of that. So um, you can treat that as a stack with with Carr and Kamara. And then, like you mentioned, with with Williams down there as well, uh, let's just hope that it's not Kendry Miller, right? <laughs> so, but you, you pick two out of the three. Hopefully it isn't the third one that has the big season. But I I, I don't mind Kamara there. It may be a little bit too, too soon, but I think with the way he drafted, he almost had to reach for a running back. And I think at that point, I think Kamara had you know a good enough upside. I think I would have preferred miles sanders who went one pick earlier um so i would have been pretty pissed that sanders didn't fall to me but i think kamara is not a not a bad choice there at the seven seven you know going along with that jeff i think you know i i said i would get back to car uh i love what you did with deontay johnson and kenny pickett uh getting that stack on the next two rounds looking back now at that car pick you could have had uh aaron jones or kenneth walker at that point and I think, you know, with what Jeff said, you'd feel much better about your running back situation with either of those two guys as your RB2. And then where you took Kamar, you could have taken Lockett. And I, I don't know. If or even that, Stafford, right? To get that QB2 instead of Carr. Yeah. I mean, and then you have Lamar Pickett, Bijan, Aaron Jones, Waddlemore, Lockett, and Deontay. Pitts is your tight end. Like that squad is somebody, like that's a squad I would be more excited about. So I don't know. I, I just thought you got caught somewhere in, with that car pick um, and stuck in like, I don't know. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, he, but, he, he made a couple of comments in the chat too about Joe just keep sniping him. So he, he wasn't getting the picks he wanted because Joe kept taking his picks. And, you know, and now that you mentioned it, that this was a live draft, a lot of this makes more sense. Yeah. It right. Was, like, I, I forgot that this was a live draft. Yeah, it says he wants one of Wilson instead of Carr. Yeah. Yeah. Sanders okay. was sniped. Yeah, you called it, Jeff. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the big dangers of the live drafts is the alcohol consumption as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's uh, eh, that could be a that could be a danger at home drafting too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you have a real problem. You don't uh, you don't have the outside influence of oh take nice one more. Yeah. 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 So just looking at the rest, I mean, with three solid starters, did you need Lance and Huntley? I mean, yeah. I think you could have punted later to any of the non-starters. And like, I, yeah, he's not. He's mentioned that too, right? If if, if he can't beat out Darnold, then yeah, it's kind of a wasted pick. I like the Huntley pick. I don't like the Lance one as much, but I mean, hey, never it's the know. team that makes the most sense to take Huntley. Yeah, right. Off. Absolutely. I just wouldn't have done both. Both, right? Exactly. Lance or. or not take Pickett, right? Like get that extra receiver there and then take Lance and, and the handcuff. But I, I think I would have preferred, yeah, if you already have Jackson, Carr, Pickett, handcuff with, with Lamar, and you're right. Yeah, Lance probably 
Even like the pick that we're right next to him, Alan Lazard. Or, or you take Kendra Miller and then you have the whole Saints. You have the whole Saints back. I don't know if I would have loved doing that, but, but yeah, there were definitely. We some- probably would have said something about that. Yeah. But, you know, with running backs, though, I mean, he got A.J. Dillon, Williams, Spears, Evans. Like, he has that mix, experience and youth. It's balanced. His wide receivers, Quinton, Sky, Dubs, they all have high ceilings this year, which is what you want in a tournament of this size. Um, I mean, between injuries and scoring, two or three, two of the three of those last wide receivers could lead their team in, in receiving. But I don't know. And then if you go to your tight ends, uh, Logan Thomas um, backing up Pitts, I think Logan Thomas is going to have a great year this year. You know, last year he was coming off of an ACL injury. So you look for that second year following that's this year even if he can get back to 500 yards and five tds yeah which isn't even close to his ceiling i i think that's awesome jelani woods we talked about him earlier that's a good wild card um and you got a great kicker yeah can't you have to start one might as well start a good one and jason by the way congrats on the baby as well uh that's my other friend in here but uh, congrats on the oh, baby you got a and, baby too yeah oh he's pumping out the kids if you want to know how that's done he'll give you the birds and the bees <laughs> i'm good but out the kids pumping out the sfb team yeah Very I, uh, i wonder as well i wonder if he's the one that brought the baby to the bar because somebody definitely had a baby at this bar and i don't know if it was him or not but i hope it, i hope it was now i'm curious <laughs> check facebook after this well he's in the chat so he can answer us i don't know if he was the one there was definitely a baby in that bar i don't remember if it was yeah, sleeping in his arms right now yeah <laughs> poor little commanders fan at least he's getting the new ownership right all right let's move to uh team number three well, Jason, number three all right sorry go ahead jason wants us to know it officially was not him it who was, brought the baby to okay the fair okay. enough we, we, that is on the record official <laughs> statement sorry sorry to interrupt nope you're good Number three team uh, ranked as high as two and as low as eight. And it is Skins fan 8275 or 82785. And this is Zach, this is your squad here. Yeah, this one was uh, an interesting you know, draft right off the bat. Um, I, I like what I kind of like the overall build a little too much. It, it, it kind of fit more of what my dream team would have looked like if I had a different draft slot. Uh, I, I like Joe Burrow up front. Obviously, we had a little scare the other day. Who knows? Long term now, you can't really control anything about that entering the draft. I still think Burrow relative to... I, I like him at 105. Um, I think that's a good value there. Before I go any further, I do want to ask, do you guys think he should have taken Lamar or Fields at that slot first? Because there is, with this unique format, I know in my draft... Uh, you know, some of the QBs went dip, a little different in order. So what we're I'll, I'll speak on this from experience. So I originally uh, had the 106 before we knew the scoring. And then we found the scoring out and I jumped up to 105 because I wanted Lamar Jackson over Burrow um, because of that, that rushing carry. ability. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, I would okay. have taken Jackson here. I don't mind Burrow being there, obviously. I mean, the okay. injury, yeah. we heard about the injury. I don't think it will be anything yeah. serious. So no, um, but I personally preferred Lamar Jackson at the one Oh five. Okay. The I was six just... point passing touchdown would still make me go Burrow over field. Yeah. I don't know that, 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 that's that points per first down and points for the the rushing carry you get that for a quarterback that that adds up pretty quickly there yeah. 
You know, and it does, but I just I just expect Guerrero to have good enough season that it'll it'll make up for, it, but not to Lamar, who I also could see throwing a lot of touchdowns. Like he gets almost the best of both. Yeah, in the fives chat, uh, Lamar was pretty much the consensus, unless somebody fell. Right, Lamar was the way. Um, going. you know, and that's where I think this is going to be more of a a pocket passer QB room for this team. He's got Aaron Rodgers at four hundred five, where I like. That pick, I think that's a good range. I really do believe in what Aaron Rodgers can be this year. I can't emphasize it enough. We've watched this dude win games, win MVPs, when he's checked out on the team, not showing up to camps, not really giving a damn about the, the team or the situation. Now he's taking pay you know? cuts. Huh? <laughs> now, now he's, he's taking pay cuts. He's showing up to camps. He's working with all his young guys. I mean... How can you not believe in him? I think Garrett Wilson's a great weapon. I don't necessarily love all the <laughs> weapons around him, but I think we've seen Aaron Rodgers produce with lackluster weapons before anyway. So I, most point. of those weapons came over. Well, yeah. Yeah. but the one thing he didn't have last year was Garrett Wilson. And how much different would the Packers season have been if they had had Garrett Wilson? How much better would Rodgers season? Have been? I, I I must caveat that both Zach and uh, Kyle are Packers fans, so that's what well, we, we always... have very differing opinions on the <laughs> Packers organization based off of how he feels about Jordan Love, and I don't. Yeah, but we don't need to get into listen that. Listen to the Dynasty Gambit episode from a couple yeah. nights ago on the Going for Two Live feed. There are lots. Of I don't need to get my blood I'm boiling Jets, again. Man. Oh, go Jets! Thank you for the first <laughs> rounder again next year. By the way, um, our but, pleasure. <laughs> Desmond Ritter, I think, in the 11th round as well, just for a QB3. I'm not a big Ritter guy, but I think value-wise, that's a good pick there, especially, you know, what if there's an injury or just for bye weeks? It's always nice to have that third option, even when you have a legit two like Burrow and Rodgers. Kyle, I know you alluded to the best quarterback room. Is this the one that you think is the... Well, and I think, part, yeah, that would be another one that I thought was really good. I think okay. my favorite was probably Herbert, Wilson, Mac Jones on, on okay. this team. But this, yeah, this would be the other one that I think it would be these two right. and then the, the Fields, Watson. And, three. Okay, no, okay. I'm, I'm, Which, I'm right there. I rank this yeah, team second, it's... right? And I think, to Jeff's point earlier, like, looking at the quarterbacks is one of the first things to look at. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the QBs here. I like the top end running backs with Jonathan Taylor and Etienne. Madison, I'm a little nervous about, but the workload should be there. And relative to where you've got him, I don't think it's a terrible pick. I probably would have preferred Monty there, but that's just me. Um, otherwise, you know, the, the wide receivers, you went the, the proven vet route. You know, that's it's a route. I don't necessarily love a lot of the names on this uh, wide receiver core. Uh, you know, I think Adams, I'm going to trust McLaurin, but it, it, there's so many guys where, damn, you really know to pick the wide receiver rooms where you're dependent on a team with no QB. I mean, you got you, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Las Vegas for your top four wide receivers. Like, that's what scares me about this team. I think. You know, I still had a third. I love it. But if I'm picking a team to depend on, I would like a little bit more premium wide receiver options. What are you guys' thoughts there? Yeah. So, you know, obviously I, I like Adams. Obviously, if Jimmy G is healthy, which it seems like he is, uh, I like him better with Jimmy G. And and Terry McLaurin, when I first, you know, kind of looked at this team, you know, I didn't realize how good a season McLaurin actually had. If you look at the actual, I know he didn't have the touchdowns. And that's what really hurt his overall production in fantasy. Uh, but I went on a, a game show podcast a few weeks ago, and, and McLaurin was one of the 
answers to one of the questions was multiple choice. And I went the other route thinking McLaurin had a bad season. And he had over 1,200 receiving yards last year, which blew my mind because I live here in Washington, D.C., and they were all down on McLaurin. And so that, that pick makes a little bit more sense for me when I, when I think about how many yards he actually has and if he can make those into touchdowns that he can be, have a much better season. And getting him in that, you know, as his receiver two in the sixth round uh, is pretty solid. Um, you mentioned, you know, the, the, some of the other guys there at the, at the, towards the bottom. You know, I'm a little bit higher on Madison because of the volume. Um, as far as a one-year thing, I'm not really high on him for Dynasty. But for, for this year, I like Madison as, as his uh, running back three. Um, and then the Lockett, Mike Evans, uh, OBJ, uh, a little tough, um, only cause you know, Mike Evans has Baker, you know, I prefer Godwin in that with, with the Baker offense over Mike Evans, uh, and OBJ, I like him the least of the Ravens receivers. Um, I'm just not high on OBJ, but, uh, I think, I guess at the 10th round at that point, you know, bet on the upside. What are your thoughts, Kyle? I actually like OBJ the most of the Ravens receivers. And, you know, now that it's been, when, when the season starts in September, it'll be a full, like, 18 months removed from his, uh, his ACL surgery. So I think, assuming he's back healthy, I think he could be a, an immediate producer for, for them. And it's back to the point, he had Jackson in the set of Burrow, that would be a really nice stack with OBJ. Good point. It's, I just have to say with this team, I think my concern is just, there's not a lot of guys that, you know, I think the floor is fairly high, but I just, I could see this team being really solid all year, but I don't see it being great or amazing. You know, I just really have a hard time seeing them jump into a top tier. Um, I think they were the last team. They played chicken at tight end. They were the 12th round. They were a lot of the latest team to take a tight end. Yeah. With Dawson Knox. And there is some touchdown upside there with that offense. And then Gusecki, too. I kind of like Gusecki there a couple of rounds later. You know. I'll be honest. I still like Hunter Henry more, which he got <laughs> later anyway. So you, you, you get both bases covered. And, but. and even someone like Renfro in the 18th is worth a nice little shot in the dark. Obviously, they're Adam. bred in more weapons. But, you know, for and an 18th round Adams pick. As well. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because that, that, uh, I went Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams it, uh, at the 2-3 turn. And I know... Part of the reason I, I really like Taylor anyway, but the reason I especially went Adams there and not a quarterback was uh, the Colts and Raiders play each other week 17. I'm listening to a lot of best ball podcasts, especially with this big, massive tournament. I did try to incorporate some week 17 correlation into the players I picked. Good stuff. I like it. So that oh. was one where it was like, okay, I get that right off the bat and two high upside players that could finish top five at their positions. And I also am a little biased as a person that started off with Burrow and Taylor and their own Scott Fishbowl. So I'll leave it at that. I do love that start, Zach. All right, let's get to team number two. Number two. Number two team ranked as high as two and as low as seven. And it is uh, Engineer Change. And Kyle, this is your squad. Yeah, it's funny. I was the one that ranked them seventh. So apparently I, I did not like this team. I, I broke consensus here. I'm trying to find them on the... Oh, yeah, they're there. Right, so yeah. Um, again, another team that started without uh, two QBs. There's, 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 I guess there were three or there four teams that did that in this draft. So, uh, But again, like I mentioned, that with a team that did that earlier, the, the gamble paid off by getting Kirk Cousins in the third round. So they were able to add an elite player like Jefferson and Eckler uh, with that quarterback and Cousins. Uh, look at the other teams 
that did that. They went QB in the third round, Chase, Andrews, and then Dak, and then Kelsey, Diggs, and Daniel Jones. And, like, of those three, maybe Cousins actually ends up being the best quarterback, but the fact that he also gets to stack him with Jefferson, a lot of upside there. Um, and then Eckler to Brees Hall. If, if Hall can return healthy this year, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's smashing. Uh, I think the reason, though, I put them seven is just it is that quarterback room. I'm a little suspect. Yeah, Cousins, and he stacked with Jefferson, which is nice. And then Bryce Young, Garoppolo. I don't love Will Levis late either. I barely think that counts. But, yeah, at, at least there are three. But we don't really know what Bryce Young is going to be. So there's a bit of, of the unknown there as well. Um, do you like them taking Waller, though? It's like kind of like the last tight end of that difference makers. I've already referenced that a couple times. Um, I guess the third running back being Charbonnet. That that's the one thing that I think that hurt the team for me is a a QB at the top end and B running back depth, yeah. especially with the injury to Hall. If he's not quite ready to go week one, what is the option? Now we've re- and this was when I was kind of lower on Charbonnet before we found out he just uh, suffered I think a shoulder, shoulder injury. injury so, yep. So who knows what uh, he comes back to. Algier, Edwards, even Zach Moss might be really nice in a pinch, but you're, you're kind of waiting for injuries. But to have that really solid second running back, I think, is maybe one of the reasons I put them outside the top six. Zach Moss might run, wind <laughs> up the starter in Indy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Kyle, with the quarterback room, uh, you know, because we don't know what, what Bryce Young is. Now, I do like taking Bryce Young in the in the seventh round with the risk involved, and I do taking AR in the third round with the risk involved. Um, so there is that. And he did get Garoppolo, which, as a Niners fan, I'm not super keen on. I do know he puts up some fancy points in a Shanahan offense. Uh, I don't know how he's going to do in, a, in, in the Raiders offense. But in the 11th round, I guess, is your QB3, technically. Um, it's it's not a bad pick. Uh, you mentioned the running backs. I mean, Eckler, Brees Hall, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think there was a report that he was clocked at uh, 23 miles an hour. Uh, honestly, straight line, so it's a little bit different than having to cut and juke. But when you're running that fast uh, after an ACL, I, I have confidence that you're going to be okay for the season. But um, I had this team ranked at number four. Um so not not quite as low as you, but not quite as as high as uh, as Zach um, and JJ both had them. I love this team. Yeah, it was like like I don't know the the running back room is really where you lost me from just taking it to number one. You know, I, I like I think Jimmy G and Levis like you have another potential upside play where you really Levis in the 18th. It's worth a shot there. I mean, it's I'm not a Levis guy, but at that round, sure, why not? And yeah. I. I do like Jimmy G as that consistent vet guy. I don't really know what he is, but at least you have another option if Bryce Young isn't necessarily what you're hoping for week one. But I do think Bryce can be a relatively decent fantasy producer. I don't think he's going to be great year one, per se, but I think you know the floor for what a, an average QB is a lot higher now. So that's where I think we need to lift the bar up. With That goes for Young as well. Even if he's bad, he can still be relatively more effective. Yeah, you know, I like I like the the mix of young with upside while also not necessarily depending on Waller with Kincaid, um, and Eckler with Hall and McBride. I like McBride a lot. Yeah, Eckler with Hall, Young with Cousins. Like he's got that rookie, but he's got that vet, so he's got a little bit of both. And I think that's what I love about this team so much. Now, I'll also say this is the perfect format to take a Debo Sam with the points per carry. Mm-hmm. Having him as a wide receiver too, I think is actually that's. 
probably a good spot for him to go value wise. And then Christian Kirk in the eighth round as, as the wide receiver three, like he's like, you know, he didn't have to be too deep at wide receiver. I know he took maybe quite a few shots later, but especially early on, he just took three really elite guys. I'm, I'm not crazy about the Pickens pick, but that top three, especially at wide receiver, is really good value. on all. Yeah, it's a good point. I was going to say too, with the Bryce Young thing that, the one thing in this format that will be nice is you won't get the the negative points for interceptions and, and fumbles and all the negative plays. Key mistakes, so, yeah. So you won't you'll get the you know and he has rushing upside. You know people forget about that. Like he can definitely run the ball. So you get that upside as well. Not quite as good as uh, maybe AR, but I think he still has that ability. So um, I know we didn't we don't really talk start sit for anyone. But would you go, would would you start Bryce Young week one or do you think you'd go with Jimmy at least for one week and see what Bryce does and then maybe decides week two whether to start. Personally, start I've, I've always been the, I drafted him to start. I'm going to start him. That, that's just how I've, I've kind of always been that way. I, you know, unless, if he does awful week one, then maybe you go away from it and adjust. Right. Him. Unless they have a terrible yeah. matchup. I don't know who they're playing week one, unless they got some terrible matchup. But I think overall, I think I, I drafted him to play my starter. I'm going to live and die with him in the season. And, you know, that's, it's just going to be what it is. All right. Let's get to the number one team. Number one. Number one. The number one team, if you have not already figured it out, it is the Bennett K, or I guess the Bennett TK, maybe, because there's two T's at the end there. Uh, and uh, it was ranked as high as one and as low as five. And the guy that ranked him as five, this is your team, Mr. JJ. Take it away. Yeah, Mr. Bennett Carroll. I, I don't want to be the Scrooge, but as Jeff said, everybody li- loved your team, but I give you. A five. So <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, you get stuck with me. Uh, you're picking from the one three. You know, I, I you took Mahomes. How can you argue with that? Uh, then you followed him up immediately with Brown and Garrett Wilson. Uh, yikes! That is a very good uh, wide receiver one and two. So I mean, I don't know how anybody can argue with any of those top three picks, gentlemen. Can any of you? No, that's. Pretty good start. The only thing I will say is, is we mentioned it already a couple times on the podcast, is that of the positions that got a bump, which pretty much all of them did over regular fantasy leagues, the receivers got the lowest bump. So you kind of went with a different build, uh, which I, actually doesn't hurt you too much. Yeah, because you, you're yeah. going to be different than everybody else by going with three receivers That's, to start. That was my approach as well, um, is just being aggressive off wide receivers early while they fell. And I mean, Yes, it's, uh, they don't have the same kind of bump, but still there's such a big gap between the elite and everyone else yeah. where that's, we're loading up on those big names up top really can't pay off. And if you look at how you know, Higgins in the fourth round and he waited another 10 rounds before taking one, so clearly uh, yeah, Ben was also thinking big gap, get the elite guys and then don't worry about wide receiver depth behind them. They could fill the depth at every other yep. so that I felt that smart. Yeah, the only, I mean, in the fourth, I might have, I might have pivoted and taken a running back there, but I can't argue with Higgins. Higgins is one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. Uh, I have him on tons of my squad, so I can't argue. I thought then, I mean, you got Aaron Jones and Damian Pierce. I mean, that, those are solid, really solid running backs. I mean, I don't know. They were both right at their ADP. You got the value. It's hard to argue with either of those picks. Now, CJ Stroud at 710, I mean, pick 82. You were earlier, I, I did the math on this, than 92% of the Scott Fishbowl leagues. Um, so you were one of the 
earliest drafters of C.J. Stroud. I mean, either you're a genius or you have some <laughs> secret information that none of us have. Um, or God forbid you're a Texans fan. I think one <laughs> thing to emphasize there is just the difference of the live draft because I feel like sometimes some of those positional runs are impacted a little differently where, you know, you less, less people are cross-referencing all their different sites. And I think yeah, in the yeah. moment, too, when you're all around each other, you can get kind of caught up like, oh, I got to get this guy now. Not to um, mention just, our, our live draft was the day before all the real slow drafts kicked off. So they didn't have a whole lot of real life data as far as what people were actually doing. It and was that's all- where I, I'm comparing my live draft and mine was the final one a week later. So we had all the data. Yep. And so, no. I, I I think there was an impact there on the Stroud part. I t- yeah, I took CJ Stroud at like early ninth round. I think it was the same thinking. It's like, okay, seeing right around where his ADP was and knowing I could probably wait until that eight, nine turn. But, JJ, I'll let you continue first because, sure. I mean, this is a roster I'm drooling over, so I can go all day. So please. <laughs> I mean, so I guess my, my whole point is even if you like CJ Stroud, like you were in a dead zone. Like the only two quarterbacks who went after Stroud in the next two rounds were Murray and Pickett. So even if you waited until the 10th, like you could have had either one of those three guys. And I know you don't know who's going to fall. Um, and, you know, they make a good point about the ADP not being available. Although if I'm not mistaken, some people did put together some good ADP over at going for two, which would have told you the exact same thing that happened actually in the live draft. So I don't know. I think if you would have waited a little bit on quarterback, you could have added somebody like a Rashad white in there. Um, then you could have pivoted off of Herbert. I'm not a big Khalil Herbert guy. Um, I don't know. I just think CJ Stroud kind of threw off your draft for me personally. Um, that's kind of where I was too, because I, you know, Kyle and Zach had him at one. I, I had him at three. I wasn't quite as low as you, um, but that was what it was. It was the Mahomes. You know, Mahomes can cover up a lot of you know ugly mistakes. You know, obviously he's 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 Mahomes, uh, but the fact that he was Stroud was his QB two kind of hurt him. And then you know Baker Mayfield and Mike White were his his sort of uh, you know in case Stroud doesn't pan out, those are your backups. I didn't like that part. And either. Gardner Minshew. I look at Bur- I look at Five the QBs. I look at Mahomes and Stroud as being able to balance out against two more average but consistent QBs in a matchup. And I for me, I know you were saying you kind of were lost at the Stroud one. I love this running back. I mean, Aaron Jones, I think is going to be super productive this year. Damian Pierce, I'm not necessarily high on, but I see the workload there. So I I do like that value there, but then to get Monty, who's clearly going to have a role just based off how much they're paying him in Detroit. But then you got Khalil and Roshan. I like how you got the handcuff there because I'm very much so high on Roshan, but I like having Khalil so early on I'm not necessarily dependent on a rookie getting day one reps. But this running back room, I think, is one of the best running back rooms in this entire draft. I have to agree with you, yeah. And why I was so high on this because, yes, the QB2 scares me. I, I like Cole Komet, I like Gerald Everett, but I'm not necessarily high on that tight end room comparably either. But I think that top-end talent at wide receiver, the running back room, and having Patrick Mahomes is kind of where I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay, not the best tight ends, but not terrible names to have. And okay, don't love the QB too, but is, can he get on the field every week? Because realistically with Mahomes like and 
how I think a lot of the rest of this roster looks. You just need a guy that can at least stay healthy and get positive points at the QB position. And I mean, you didn't even mention Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We were talking about Isaiah Pacheco, but if he can't be good to go at the start of the year, you might get some starts out of CEH early. Yeah, good point. Anything else we want to say about this team? I would say the biggest weakness for me was tight end. Volkomet, Gerald Everett, just the two. And I mean, that allowed them to invest in so much depth, especially at running back because of that. But yeah, I, I don't love, I don't love that duo at tight end. I felt like they could have got better options later. So you wouldn't have, you could have even invested further in the depth at some of those positions. But I think again, that's, you know, you have five QBs on this team. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, those like, Maybe take instead three of QBs it, and take two more running backs. This is a name two I need to tight ends. Yeah, tight end. and you can you can play. Yeah, yeah. How did Dalton Kincaid fall to twelve oh eight? That's the one that's been bugging me this entire time. Like I noticed that before we ever did the show, Kincaid went twelve oh eight. Laporta went ten twelve. Like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, okay, why? I would rather have Kincaid than Kmet or Everett there. I'd probably rather have Knox than Kincaid. You could have taken Kincaid where he took Baker Mayfield. And that's where I'm like, ooh, that hurts. Like for a yeah. tight end needy room, I would have rather had that third, like top end rookie guy. Obviously, don't want to depend on it, but it's another crack at it. Especially and- if you're going to take Komet in the tenth. That instead of coming back with Everett, coming back with Kincaid might have made a lot of sense. Where okay, I've got the the veteran tight end. It's weird to say how young, consider how young he is, but yeah, the veteran tight end there. That you know, if, if Kincaid doesn't pan out right away, you've got him to sustain starts. But Kincaid has that upside the for upside. later in the season. You, yeah, if, sure. you swap, I, I agree. if you just look around how that 10, 11, 12, he could have essentially had Komet and then either Dave, Gabe Davis or Zay Flowers in that Everett slot and then Kincaid in the Mayfield slot. You know, they, you know what? Instead of Mayfield. And I would have loved the, this team so much more if he just went 10, 11, 12 that route instead. I'm actually thinking Tannehill instead of Everett. And then, like you said, Kincaid instead of Mayfield. That way you still get that third quarterback yeah. with an, who I like more than Mayfield. I think it would even, yeah, yeah. So even though I put, I put it number one, I, I might be, you know, and in hindsight, I might actually put Joe's team at number one. Because that's the one where I, I look at it again and I'm like, man, there's, there's nothing I would change about this, honestly. I, I like everything he did at, at the points he was at. So. All right. And, you know, last thing. Go ahead. You have to start a kicker. Why'd you pick Gano? Gano's not, like, when you look at the rankings of kickers, I mean, if you use yeah. Linda Lyons, like he's not even in the top 25 of her ranking. Yeah. It just seems like such a random guy to pick at the end of a draft. And I know it's a kicker. I'm sorry. Uh, I was <laughs> in an MFL league, so I paid more attention to kickers. Um, it just seems like a weird way to end a, a solid draft. Yeah, that was definitely a good point there. Cause I didn't even, you know, at going for two, we don't do kickers, so I almost ignored. <laughs> Whenever I saw purple, I just kind of glossed over it. But you're right; I mean, you could have got a much better kicker there at the end, I believe. Good stuff. All right, fellas, that wraps up the podcast. Uh, I hope everybody in the league that was in the chat enjoyed it, and if you're listening to it on audio, hopefully, y'all enjoyed it as well. We enjoyed doing it. Uh, we're trying to cut back on the time. Uh, we once again went almost two hours on this podcast, so <laughs> we're trying to streamline. It's for charity. That. It's Scott's Fishbowl. Yeah, right? there you go. <laughs> we gave you some free, uh, some free time. Uh, real quick, guys, we'll go around the room. Uh, give us your Twitter handle one more time if you want to plug the thing that you're working on. Uh, we'll go clockwise, clockwise here. So we'll go to you first, Zach. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Behind the Zach. Otherwise, you can find me all over the Going for Two network. And come NFL season, you'll see me on the Sunday morning pregame show hosting that with Gerson and then uh, Jamie and hopefully a few other uh, mixed up guests. But thanks for having me. Jason, Shuey, I'm glad I could see your teams and, you know, tell you how I thought. And congrats again on the kid, Jason. Good stuff. We'll go to you, Mr. Uh, JJ. I'm at JJ Winter. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. This was a blast. Thank you, Zach and Kyle. Um, I don't know where you can find me. I'm around. (laughs) (laughs) You can find him in the Discord, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll be on Discord. (laughs) Hit me up. Kyle. Well, great job, JJ, on on, uh, your first PLP. You did awesome. And uh, the members of the DC Brow uh, division were treated to a great analysis by all of us, I think. Good good job, all of us. But yeah, thanks, everyone, for joining us in the chat. Jason, Mr. Scampers. Joe, Chewy, Chewy, I, it's Chewy, it's Chewy, Chewy. Okay, so it's not like Chewbacca, Chewy. Okay. No, no, Chewy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fernando as well. Yeah, so a lot of yeah, great to have a lot of people from the, the, the division in the chat. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Senra says. I co-host Dynasty Gambit on Thursdays. Zach was our most recent guest just uh, two days ago, so or three days ago, four days ago, whatever that was on the most recent Thursday. Check that out. Uh, press coverage. Uh, really, there's just two episodes left of each before the NFL season starts. So, uh, yeah, that time of year already. I'm also at Full Press Coverage. I've got two podcasts there, the Full Press Fantasy Pod, Full Press Packers Pod. Look especially for a lot from the Full Press Fantasy Pod this month. Get set for redrafts uh, for everyone. Uh, as the you know, Scott Fishbowl really does seem to kick in redraft season. Absolutely. All right, fellas, I want to thank all three of you for coming on and spending two hours with me. Um, thank everybody in the division for, for one, coming to the live draft, making it a huge success. I think we had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, we're already planning next year. We're going to make it even bigger next year. So hopefully, all everybody in this division will be there next year. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, you can find me in the Discord, which y'all, mostly y'all were already in there doing the mock drafts. So um, one thing I want to say one last time before we leave out of here, if you want to get one of these PLPs for your home league or for one of your divisions, uh, you can do that. Uh, unfortunately, for this year, you can't. Well, you can get it for next year. Uh, going for 2.com backslash PLP. Uh, use promo code EARLYBIRD24 and save 20%. Um, for Zach, for JJ, for Kyle, I'm Jeff. And uh, good luck this season, guys. <laughs>